Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. So we're going to kick off a brand new series this morning. Are you ready for this? It's called Tested and Approved. Tested and Approved. Um, let me start off by saying this. How many are glad that they test certain things and approve certain things? So for, for example, I was thinking about just a few things to start off that I'm glad that they test and they approve before, um, you, are, before you trust yourself to it. So for example, uh, I'm really glad they put aircraft through testing. Anyone else? I don't want to get up on that thing, right? And I've been frustrated, just like you probably have, because I had a flight canceled or delayed for, for things like uh, one time I had a flight canceled because of a frozen toilet. Now, apparently that's really important. Didn't seem to me at the time. But anyway, I'm glad that aircraft are tested and approved. I was thinking about this. This may sound a little bit silly, but um, I'm glad when you go to the zoo, those barriers, those fences are tested and approved especially the gorilla cage. I don't know why that bothers me so much, but I'm just glad there's a barrier between me and that gorilla and it's tested. Anybody else? How, how about, this is a West Virginia one. Anyone ever traveled over the New River Gorge Bridge? It's awesome. It's beautiful, but I'm so glad they test that. I've been at the bottom in the river, um, not falling from the top, but there, there is no way I want to cross that without it being tested and approved. Anyone with me? And so if important things like that are tested and confirmed for their reliability, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be just as significant that our faith is tested, our relationships are tested, our breakthroughs are tested, our next levels are tested? How many know those are just as important as a bridge or a barrier or an aircraft? And so just to let you know, there are some tests that you and I are going to have to go through to get to our next level, to get to our next season, to get to your level of victory that you're believing for in 2024. And so that's what this whole series is about. Can I throw you a couple of scriptures before we dive into it? This is James chapter 1, and God's talking to us here. It says, my brethren, count it all, what? Joy when you fall into what? Various trials. How many love it when you fall into a trial? I've always like, that's a tough verse, right? But, but you'll see how that plays out. It says this, because you know that the testing of your faith builds patience. And when that patience has its perfect work, you will be complete, you will be perfected or matured, and you will be lacking what? Nothing. So it's very clear in scripture that our faith is going to be what? It's going to be tested. Now, now look at Philippians. Philippians says this in chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this. So we should be confident, even if you're in a trial or a test, be confident of this. He who began the good work in you is going to carry it out into the day of Jesus. Just to let you know, Jesus is going to perfect the work. He's going to complete the work. He's going to finish the good work in you. I know what you're thinking. I, hey, I'm an unfinished product. Anyone else with me? And so the tests and the trials that challenge us, these are all part of perfecting us or maturing us or getting us ready to go into our breakthrough uh, 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 in our marriages, our finances, our relationships, going to our area of victory. We're going to have to go through some tests to get to that level. So although we wagged our, waved our flags last week, woo, 
there might be some tests for you before you get through all the way to your victory. Aren't you glad you came this morning to hear that? Well, last fall I was at a conference at Gateway Church and Pastor Robert gave all of the network leaders a copy of his newest book. And he told all of us, he said, I really feel like you all should preach on this in the future. I don't always like just preaching out of somebody's book. I thought, well, I'm sure the book's good. And so he, he took a series he went through and updated some stuff from years ago. And so after I read through the book, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm supposed to develop this into a series for you guys. And so during this series, I'm going to take some of Pastor Robert's thoughts and framework and add in some of our own thoughts here and, and, and build a, a really cool series that I feel like is actually very, very essential for you and I to hear. Y'all believe you're going to be victorious, right? Y'all yeah. believe you're going to go into the next level of blessing, yeah. next level of glory next year. Okay, well, there might be a test on the way there. I, I feel the awesome excitement that's in the air just because I said that. So this is taken from the life of Joseph. So before I, I read you a scripture and dive into the first test that you have to pass, let me say a few things about tests. Um, whether you like it or not or want to, how many have discovered you're just going to have to take some tests in life. Actually, I would say it this way. If you are about to step into a next level, your next season, a breakthrough in your resources, your relationships, your marriage, any breakthrough, next level, new season, guess what comes before it? Tests. Remember when you were in school, maybe some of you are still in school, maybe it was a long time ago, maybe it wasn't that long ago, whatever. Um, how many know when you went through your classes, there was always what at the end of the class? Some tests to prove what you learned or to advance you to the next grade or the next season. So there will be some tests to approve what you have learned, who you've become. There will just be some tests. Now, there's a cool thing with God is if you take a test and you don't pass the test, you get to retake the test. I know that doesn't sound awesome, but it is an opportunity God gives us. He's always going to let you retake the test. You, you know, several years ago, I have a good friend of mine who's in ministry, and he was, he was ministering at, at a church. They brought him in for a week of, of services, and they really brought him in because they said, um, we really want to be open to the Holy Spirit. We believe that you really move in that fashion. And so they brought him in. And so he was just teaching on that, flowing in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden they realized or they, they decided they didn't like that. And so they began, people began to complain. And so they went to him and basically said this, that, hey, the rest of the week we're not going to let you speak. So he had traveled from a different state. He was there all week. And he told me this because I, I was it happened. I didn't even know that it was, it was going on. And, and he told me, he said, you know what? I was like, I'm out of here. I'll get on the plane. I'll go back home where I'm welcomed, where they want to hear that. And he said, but God stopped me. And he said, God told me, um, this is a test. And if you don't pass it now, you'll have to retake it. So he didn't buy his airline ticket. He stayed there the rest of the week and cheered everyone on and supported the church. And I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Some of us might've been on the plane or called the Uber, the Uber, the Uber, the Uber that night. But God told me, he said, this is a test, and if you don't pass it now, you will have to pass it. Anyone ever taken a test more than once? <laughs> but God is good. He will let us retake those tests. That may not seem like a good thing, 
But, but when we do pass a test, every time we pass that test, we're given more opportunity, we're blessed with more responsibility, and we're actually granted more authority in those areas. So I want to encourage you that these tests aren't bad things, they're actually good things, they're for the proving of our faith. So what if I told you there, there are some tests you're going to have to take and you're going to have to pass? Let's go. We're going, to, we're going to take these next few weeks from the life of Joseph. This is out of the book of Genesis. We're going to start in chapter 37. Everybody say it's going to be good. Here we go. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan where his father had lived as a foreigner. So this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph, that's who this series is about, was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Billah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Right off the bat, we see that Joseph is a tattletale. <laughs> reporting on his brothers. So Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other kids because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. One day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. It was a beautiful robe. That's the robe of many colors. But his brothers, look what it says here. His brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't even say a kind word to, about him. How many know there's a little dysfunction in the family here? So they couldn't say a kind word about him. Verse 5, one night, Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more than ever. He said, listen to the dream. When we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And that, look what it says. They hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. How many know you, don't, you shouldn't tell all your dreams to everybody? Some people don't have the worm and fuzzies about your dreams like you do. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have another dream. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this, he asked. Will your mother and I and all of your brothers actually bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered, what do these dreams mean? So in essence, we get the glimpse here of the life of Joseph. We're starting to get the, the first information about him. And we see, first of all, that Joseph was, was born to Jacob. Um, basically, he was born to Jacob's favorite wife. And because of that, he was favored and his brothers hated him. And, and he made him a special coat, a coat of many collars, and he gave it to Joseph. Now, the coat should have been for the oldest son. And so we see there's some jealousy, maybe rightfully so. There's some dysfunction here. And so they hated him because of his father's attention. And then Joseph has these dreams that his stock rises up and they bow to him. And he goes on further and has another dream that the stars and the moon, they, they bow to him. And so you have this father who is scolding him for having these dreams and sharing them. And his brothers hate him for the favor on his life and they hate him for these dreams. 
So this is, this is where we get a glimpse of Joseph. But, but, so Joseph, first of all, we see is very bold. He's obviously very confident to tell these things. And just to let you know, you shouldn't tell things before it's time to tell them. But when we, when we first discover Joseph here, he's 17 years old. When Joseph finally steps into the fulfillment of these dreams, he's 30 years old. So between the age of 17 to 30, there's some things that happen in Joseph's life, Joseph's life that he has to go through. He has to pass to step into his fulfillment. And we'll get to his fulfillment later. But there's some tests that Joseph had to face. And I just want you to know the same tests that he had to face, guess what? You have to face them too. Not only do you have to face them, you need to pass them. To walk into your destiny, whether it's five years, 13 years, or 20 years down the road, you're going to have to pass the same tests. If you fail them, you get to retake them. But when you do pass them, you're going to get new level, new levels of anointing. You're going to get new levels of opportunity. You're going to get new levels of responsibility. You're going to get new levels of breakthrough. How many want to break through to some areas of victory this year? How many walk, want to walk into everything God has for you in your future? Then let's not get down about the test. Let's go at the test with the, with the ambition to pass those tests. Y'all want to know what the first test is? Are you ready for it? The first test is we have to pass the pride test. I heard someone say, ouch. I believe that was a pro prophetic word that you just shouted out. Yeah, the word when you hear about pride is what? It's ouch. You know what the pride test really is? It's a character test. For you to walk into the next level, for you to elevate to the next phase, for you to break through, break free, get over, get on in your finances, your health, your marriages, your, your, the will of God for your life, all of that, you're going to have to deal with the pride test and pass the pride test in your life. How many have been around long enough to know that you agree with what I just said? So can we make some pointers this morning about the pride test? And we'll build on this each week. It, and it, it, will, it will stir you to want to pass these tests. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to take that test. Um, it's, it's a good thing. So let's talk about this pride issue for a moment. Uh, first light point would, would go this way. Here's how I worded it. Pride is a persistent problem. Pride is a persistent problem. So what, what, what really is pride? Pride is when you elevate your opinions, your attitudes, your feelings, your wants, your thoughts above the word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. You, you may not intentionally do it. You, you may not even consciously always do it. But anytime you begin to elevate your opinions, your thoughts, your attitudes, your wants, your desires above how God wants things done, his word, his will, or his ways, guess what that's called? Pride. And it's a persistent problem. I'll, I'll just let you in on something. It's a 24-7, 365 problem. Uh, don't you feel real warm and fuzzy about that? It, it's just a persistent pride or, or problem that you and I are, are, are going to deal with. And it's been around forever. And it will be here until we all step into the presence of God in heaven. Uh, let, let's go way back. So the Bible tells us there was an archangel named Lucifer. And Lucifer was one of the greatest angels God created 
according to the Bible. And actually, some way, some fashion, worship was built into Lucifer. But the Bible says because of one thing, he was violently ejected from heaven and came crashing into the dirt. And all of that worship came out of him. And actually, the Bible said that's our role now. But one thing ejected Lucifer, one of the greatest archangels from heaven, guess what it was? Pride. How about we go back to the beginning of the writing of the Bible where we learn about the original couple in paradise in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. And guess what it was that caused them to fail in the garden to change and sin to enter the earth and corruption to be here and that nature being passed down to me and you. It's the same word, pride. Well, you say, well, that was Lucifer, that was Adam and Eve, but not me. Just because you thought that proves it's you too. We have the same issue to deal with that's been around forever. Can I read you a scripture? Proverbs chapter 16. Look at this verse. Uh, It says this, your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. Wow. Wow. Your boast becomes a prophecy of your future failure. The higher you allow yourself to be lifted up in pride, the harder you will fall in what? Disgrace. Now, that's a different translation of that verse. A lot of you have probably quoted it this way. Pride comes before a what? Fall. But actually, you know, it doesn't say that. It actually says pride comes before a haughty spirit, and a haughty spirit causes a fall. What are we talking about? You're dealing with pride just like Adam and Eve had to deal with that. Just like we've seen throughout the Bible, guess what? You and I are going to deal with pride. It really is the test of character. But guess what? Pride is a persistent problem. How many have ever noticed that? It's a persistent problem. What I want, what I need, my opinion is this. It's going to be a persistent problem in your life and my life. Probably every really bad decision you made was a result of what? Pride. Can anyone think of a few? Some of your greatest frustrations, guess what? It, it's a result of it's my pride and it's your pride. Some of the consequences that you've had to face in your life are a result of what? Your pride and my pride. Pride. It's a persistent problem. Life point two. Also very positive, not only is it a prideful problem, it's a core condition. Aren't you glad we're kicking off 2024? We waved our flags about victory, but to walk into some victory, you might have to what? Learn how to overcome some areas of what? Pride. It's a core condition in my life and and your life. You say, well, how do I know if I have pride? I'm glad you asked me that question. The first way that you know you have pride is pride will manifest itself in your words. Here's why. Pride can't keep quiet. Pride cannot keep its mouth shut. (laughs) James says it this way. We all stumble in lots of ways. Someone say amen. But it says this. If you don't stumble in your words, you become perfect. 
Now, the word perfect means mature. Now, whether you've been walking with Jesus for three weeks or 30 years, you could be walking with Jesus for 30 years and still be immature because your mouth. Pride can't keep its lips zipped. I know I've said this before, but have you ever just said something and on the way out you're like, oh, why am I saying that? <laughs> Anybody do it this week? You ever been having a conversation with your spouse and you feel the need to tell them something and as soon as you say it, you're like, why do I keep doing that? Because guess what? You and I have at the core an issue with pride. It's really easy to tell by your words. Not only in your words, but it also shows up in your heart. The Bible actually says this in Matthew, that it's what comes out of your heart that's corruptive. Sometimes we're always looking at what's out here. Guys, sometimes it's what's coming out of here. I just want you to know the Bible says your heart's deceptive. You think it's good, it could have some evil stuff in it. What's the evil stuff? It's the prideful stuff. It's just the prideful stuff. And a lot of times we're trying to deal with the fruit and not get at the root. And the root of my issue and your issue, guess what it is? It's just pridefulness. So it shows up in our words and it shows up in your heart. And it really will just show you, it will show up. Because sometimes in our mind, our will, and our emotions, guess what? We're... We're in bondage to this pride thing. That doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It just means God saved you. Your spirit's made brand new. You're going to heaven. He made you righteous. But he also wants to still perfect you in the areas of your mind, your will, emotion, your heart, and your yapper. Once again, aren't you glad you came? So let's, let's start to figure this out. James chapter 4 few verses. Let's start in verse 6. How many love the Word of God? You know, without the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you're just going to be a prideful person. I'm going to show you the danger in this. Ready? James chapter 4, verse 6. And he gives grace generously, as the Scriptures say, God embraces pride. Oh, God does what? He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will what? flee from you. Come close to God. God's going to come close to you. Wash your hands. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the things of the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be a sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. What that is talking about, if you're, if you're full of pride and you're not going to deal with the pride issue, you need to be in tears over it because it's not a good thing. Look at verse 10. So humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Hey, it's a persistent problem. It's a core condition. But if you and I are going to step into our victories, if we're going to see victory in our relationships, our marriage, our careers, our resources, guess what? You and I have to deal with some tests. And guess what the first test is? 
Joseph dealt with pride. God gave him a glimpse of his future, and we'll see later on that he fulfilled it. But man, he was so full of pride. How do we know? Well, what do we find out first of all? He's doing with his stepbrothers. He's a tattletale. Don't you love when people just like to just, what he was saying was, I'm better than them. Then what do we see? God gave him some dreams, and he felt so good about it that he went and told everybody. What if I walked up to you today, man, God showed me something in service. You're like, tell me what it is. Um, you were bowing down worshiping me. You were giving me your money. You were, you were, you were, you were worshiping. You wouldn't be, well, well, bless God, let's get on with that. No, you'd be like, who do you think you are? So Joseph had to what? Start passing the pride test. We're going to learn next week what happened because he failed the pride test. Now look what the scripture says. This is kind of scary. It says that pride puts you in opposition to God's best. It says God opposes pride. I dug into that a little bit. And I want you to get what that means. It means that God arranges himself against your pride. Check this out. He takes a combat position against the pride in your life. Now, I didn't say he come, he's against you. I'm saying he, he takes a combat position against the areas of pride that you're allowing in your life. I mean, you don't want God taking a combat position against areas of your life. It means this, that he will resist those areas. He will arrange troops against them. He'll stand against your opinions, your attitudes, your selfishness, your stubbornness, your thoughts, your words, and your actions. See if you can finish this verse. We love to quote this verse. If God is for you, who can be against you? I mean, that's a good verse. But what if God is against you? If God's for you, but we just read God could be against some areas of your life. Now, understand me. He's not against you as a whole. But what if God's against some areas of your life? How many know we've got to preach all the verse in context? If God is for you. But what if God had to take opposition against some of your thinking, some of your attitudes? What if he had to take a combat position against some of your actions? Can I just throw some examples out there? You guys are being a great crowd so far. Because sometimes we think pride is just an arrogant, high-thinking person. And although that's true, it can also be in some very subtle, in some very different ways than you expect. And sometimes you may not think you act this way, but sometimes just the presence of some of these thoughts show you and I that we've got some areas that God might have to stand against in our life. Can I just, just, I know it's no one in this room. It's people who couldn't be with us this weekend. <clears throat> and the best thing you can do when I read some of these things I thought of is don't look around. Don't try to be like, well, they should have been here this morning to hear this. <clears throat> that is just further proof that you got a pride problem. <clears throat> sometimes we just have these thoughts, feel, and sometimes we say them. I'm just going to throw some out there. <clears throat> have you ever thought, well, I'm better than them? 
I've got it more together than them. I'm superior to them. How about this? I don't have to listen to them because fill in the blank. Well, my opinion is fill in the blank. I am significant. We should do it this way. I want to be in charge. I could do it better. Or sometimes it's not so much overtly like that. Sometimes it could be some thoughts like this. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm insignificant. I'm not as good as them. That may not sound like a superior attitude, but that's an inferior attitude. Inferiority is just as much prideful as superiority is. Because you are who God says you are. You have what God says you have. You can do what God... And anything that would be against that that you align yourself with is prideful. I won't, I won't forgive them. I won't release. I won't do that. I won't do good to them. I won't. Those are prideful things. The excuses we make. I'm telling you, I can be the king of excuses sometimes. Anybody else? A lot of times our excuses are just, they're just prideful. Now, I want you to hear this, that pride, as I mentioned, pride is a persistent problem and it's a core condition. I'm like, well, Pastor, you're, you're Debbie Downer this morning. <laughs> Let's get to life point three. Pride is also a winnable war. Now, it, it's a war that you're always going to fight, but it's a winnable war. How many know it's a scary thing to think that God may have to put himself in opposition to an area of your life? What I've realized is there's some areas of thinking in Aaron's life that God has to be in opposition to. There's some attitudes I have that, guess what, God has to be in opposition to. There's some things I think and say that God has to be in opposition to. Doesn't mean he doesn't love me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to heaven. It just means God wants to help me in those areas. And it's a winnable war. We say, well, Pastor, okay, I, how, how do I win this war? I want you to know the answer is so simple. Now, walking it out isn't as easy. Here's the answer. The answer. Humility is what keeps you in sync with God's best. Humility. I know you were looking for like a three-point, just tell me what to do. It's, it's being humble. Let me explain to you, though, what what I mean by that. We just read that when you're humble, God gives you more what? Grace. Now, grace isn't just what gets you out of trouble. Grace is strength. How many want some more grace? In your, you need grace to run your race. I, I want more of God's grace flowing in my life. And the Bible says very clearly, here's how you receive more grace. You humble yourself. You humble yourself. That's what keeps you in sync with God's best. That's what gets you through your breakthrough. That's what heals up areas. That's what brings you victories. It's this, it's this little word, humble. We all think we're humble. Sometimes we're not. The Bible says he'll give more grace when you're humble. You know what that means? This is so cool. It means he'll give you more grace for your victories. 
wow. You want some areas you want victory in? You know what you need? God, just, just fix it. That's my victory. No, you know what your victory is? He's going to download more grace in your direction. He's going to put more grace on your life. He's going to overflow more grace in your direction so you can have victory. But he can't if there are these areas of our thinking, our speaking, our heart that just have pride. Remember when I said, count it all joy when you go through some of these tests? And I said, it's really a good thing. I want you to think about the mind shift here. If I take on these tests the way God wants me to, what, what does that mean? He's going to give me more opportunity. He's going to give me more what responsibility. He's going to give me more authority. What's he going to do? Pour out more grace so I can have more victory? Well, then give me the pencil. Let me take the test. Let, let me humble myself. When you're full of pride, God takes a military stance in those areas against your pride. But when you humble yourself, here's all that humble means. And when we read it in the Bible, the Bible tells us, you humble you. I'll humble me, you humble you. Here's what it means, to arrange yourself under. It, it's a military word. So either God has to take a military stance, or you're willing to, in a military fashion, bring yourself under rank. What do you mean by rank? You bring yourself under the word of God, which is the will of God, which are the ways of God. And every time you and I do that, it opens up the door for us to what? Pass a test and have victory. And break through and go to the next level and go to the next season. But humble just means I'm going to bring my, it means arrange yourself under. Check this out. It literally means come down from your prideful position and obediently confirm to the, conform to the will of God. Conform to the will of God. Can I just tell you the best way to stay humble? This is a secret. This works. There's a money back guarantee on this. Here's how you stay humble. You keep making sure that you're spending time in the presence of Jesus. It's really hard to stay prideful in the presence of Jesus. It's really hard to stay full of pride when you're worshiping him. It's really hard to stay full of pride when you're opening up the word of God and submitting yourself to it. And I will tell you, there are some reasons why you may not have broken through some things. There may be some reasons uh, why you haven't gotten victory in some areas. There are some real reasons why you haven't gone to the next level or God has not opened some doors in your life. Guess what it, what it probably is? Is pride. It's just pride. And it, it's a persistent problem. It's a core condition. But it's a winnable war. If you and I will just choose to say, you know what? No matter what, I will humble myself. I'll humble myself. You know, you know something God was dealing with me lately? I'll just, I'll just be real with you for a moment. Because I notice sometimes I don't think I am, but I can get offended. I know not you. And that's a shocker, right? I know, but sometimes I can just get offended over the dumbest stuff. Don't look at me so religious this morning. Like, hmm, well, maybe we need to reevaluate your position. No, sometimes <laughs> I deal with getting offended. And here's what I've noticed. 
And if I've ever had a serious conversation with anyone lately just talking, you may have heard me say this. I've come to realize one of the biggest keys to victory in your life, getting where God wants you to be, is living a life of surrender and humbling yourself. Because if you really start dealing with that, you won't get so easily offended. The Bible actually says, if you love the word, you won't get offended. Something the other day was messing with me, and like, I am, I'm not going to get into offense. And I had a right to it. I'm like, I'm not going to be offended by this. I'm not going to. I'm going to bring myself under the word. Yeah, but they did this. I don't want to take this test again. I don't want to take that test again. I, want to, I, I have passed it. I'm not going to pick it up and fail. I, I'm not going to let that offense get in. Hey, sometimes it's big stuff. Sometimes it's just dumb stuff. I went through the drive-thru one time, and I came out, and I, I said something like this to my wife. I said something like this. I'm like, this isn't rocket science, people. You're just putting what I ordered in a bag. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And I realized I'm offended at the person in the drive-thru. This is not going to change my life in one way or another. But just, are you hearing me this morning? Do they need to do better? Obviously, they need to do a lot better. But that's just pride. And let me tell you something. When God starts putting his fingers on area of pride in your life, just it starts showing up. And it doesn't show up like, well, bless the Lord, let's deal with this. It shows up like. <laughs> and you got to evaluate what's up. This isn't on the screen. Are y'all getting something good this morning? Um, since I'm being so real, I'll just bring my wife in on this. Um, we, we realize this. Um, you ever had a discussion with your spouse? And the tempo isn't like, oh, aren't you just sweet? It's a little more like, And I realized, what does it matter if you're right? Or, you, you know me, we, we have this thing, because I used to always tell her, like, you're being stubborn. I'll tell you what you are right now. And she's like, we can't use that word. <laughs> we have to use the word strong-willed. It's actually two words, right? But you know what I, I realized in the middle of that? I got a lot of pride still. I mean, I love her more than anything, but I got a lot of pride still. I love God more than anything. Still got a lot of pride. Apparently, y'all don't, but I do, all right. For those of you who do, we'll just meet later, grab some coffee, and work this out. I, I know you know this verse. It's not on the screen, but this is in Romans. It's, it says something like this. Paul's writing, and the language he uses, are in, it's intense. He said, I plead with you. Just stick with me for a moment. I know we're, we're going a little bit here, but I plead with you. Give your bodies or your life to God because of everything he's done for you. Let your life be a living sacrifice, the kind that he finds acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. He says, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world. This world is full of pride. But let God transform you into a brand new person by changing the way that you think. 
then you will learn God's will for you, which is his good, his pleasing, even his perfect will. Wow. How many of you have just sat here this morning, maybe you're watching from home, you're watching a little bit later, and there's just some areas of your life that maybe something you realize, I haven't had the breakthrough in this area, and, and I think it's my pride. Let me just send some areas. Got some revelation this morning. So what, what do we do about this? Well, the Bible says we humble ourselves daily. And here's how it goes. This is how I wrote it down. I want to challenge you to pass this test. And here's how this works. Here's where it starts. We have to repent. And then we repent... What we have to do is reduce our opinions and reset ourselves under the word and the will and the ways of God. Guys, there's just going to be times, maybe daily, maybe weekly, on an ongoing practice, we need to repent, reduce our opinions, and reset ourselves under the word of God, under the will of God, under the ways of God. Because if we don't, it's like the alignment in your car. If we can keep that kind of lifestyle, we will keep an alignment. If not, you're going to find out one day you, you, your car is really pulling this way because it's been out of alignment. And now you're, you're pulled way over here and your life is, you've got a bad attitude. You are bitter. You are bent out of where you shouldn't be. And sometimes it's hard to get back. The only way to get back is, Father, I repent. I reduce my opinion and I reset myself under the word. That's why humbling yourself was all about. Here's why that's so important. Obviously, all those things I just said start with the letter R, because then here's what can happen in your life. The Bible says if you'll humble yourself, then you can resist the devil and he will flee. There's some areas of my life and your life he's not fleeing in. He may be standing or he may be involved in, but, but he's not resisting or he's not fleeing. Here's why. Because we're not resisting and we can't resist. Why? We haven't repented, reduced our opinion, and reset ourselves under the word of God. If you do that, then you can, you can tell the devil, I resist you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The message Bible says you can shout aloud no to the devil and you can watch him scamper. There may be some areas of my life and your life he isn't scampering in that we might need to do. What I'm saying this morning is a pride check. That's why I said this is a good thing. This is a test. You're, you're going to have to, this is one of those tests that are going to go on and on and on, 24-7, 365. Can we just start to practice a lifestyle of humility? Humility is not weakness. It's not letting people run over your life. It's just saying, I bring myself under the word of God. Here's what that looks like. You bring yourself under the word of God, which means I'm going to be what the word says. I'm going to do what the word says. I'm going to have what the word says. If God says I'm blessed, I'm blessed. If God says I need to re repent, forgive, I repent, I forgive. If the Bible says I'm this, then I'm that. Nothing greater and nothing lesser. Can we all stand to our feet this morning? Can we all stand? Did y'all get something good out of that? You say, what, 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 do we, what, what, do we, what do we do at this point? What do we do at this point in the service? I, I, I like closing most of our services this way. We're going to go to a song. And during this song, I, I want you to answer this, this question. It's all good. <laughs> I want you to think about this. What's God saying to you this morning? What is the Holy Spirit talking to you about during this song? 
What, what areas do you need to repent? What areas do you need to reset yourself? This is the moment to do it. You can go back out and start tackling your 2024. I want you to wave that victory flag all year, but I don't want you to wave that victory flag and victory not happen because you have refused to pass this pride test. Have you ever had to go to someone and repent? Have you ever had to go to somebody and apologize? Have you ever refused to do it? How many know God doesn't leave you alone when you refuse to do it? God's like, eh, don't worry about it. No, God's like, man, I don't want God to have to stand against any area of my life. I want victory in every area. So if you need to pray, repent, bow, worship, whatever you need to do, there's some. And we're gonna, here's what we're going to do afterward. We're going to take communion together. I knew we took it last week, but I wanted to end 23 with communion, and I want to start 24 with communion. But what's God saying to you this morning? What's he talking to your heart about? What's he ministering to you about? Just want you to know that every time I preach a message to you, you know what you can expect after the message? Test. Well, I'm not coming anymore. Well, no. You... <laughs> Tests are good. So if I put it out there, the test is, what are we going to do with it? I know life point. I know we're going to ra- rise to the level. We're, we're going to reset ourselves under, under the will, the ways, and the word of God. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.